0: And so what we want people to know today is insurance is a good thing. It's transferring the risk of an unknown and it's really talking about an unknown mass of potential financial expense. Or it could be doing something good. Like you said, buying a life insurance policy that I'm gonna leave behind to a charity or leave behind to, you know, my estate or whatever the case may be. Uh there's just a lot of advantages to it.
1: Hello and welcome to Simplify Your Retirement podcast with Stephen Strickland. Good morning, Stephen. Paul, it's great to be back. Yeah, you know, I am. I am personally excited about today's episode. Okay.
0: Yeah, I wonder why. Yeah.
1: (laughs) If people know your background, no clue. Yeah. Don't realize. And and I, I have a feeling that you're. Not quite as excited. Uh, I mean, you get you know, it. You, I get I,
0: I get excited just to be able to uh, talk about any of these <laughs> topics. I mean, I, I don't get energized by insurance as much as you do, but yes.
1: Yes. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things, you know, one of the, something I've always appreciated about Wise Wealth and, and the way that you built a team, too, is, you know, we have people with different, with diverse backgrounds. Uh, we all have similar callings. Mm-hmm. And we, we all have the same fundamental beliefs as far as how we approach planning. We're all tied together by this mission of wise wealth that I'm going to talk to you about in just a second. But we all have, in a sense, different experience and backgrounds. And so, Absolutely. You know, and, in
0: the, and the main reason we put the team together is, like you said, not only diverse backgrounds, but we all share the same mission, same passion, same calling, same fiduciary responsibility. Yep. We all follow the golden rule. Treat yes. others the way that you want to be treated. And we've said from the beginning, and I think one thing that's very important just to, just to even jump the gun here is to say uh, one thing I was very fortunate in uh, before I even became a financial planner, a certified financial planner, yeah. before I even started Wise Wealth, I had experience in the industry working with directly with an insurance company only mm-hmm. where I got all my insurance licenses. I went from there to a broker-dealer firm, a national broker-dealer firm, where I got all my securities licenses. So there's a lot of people in our industry that tend to have a bias mm-hmm. one way or another. Yeah, And it's not hard to find. You can get on the radio and listen to people on the radio, and some people think that insurance is the only way to go. If you, if you put money in the stock market, you're you're in a casino, you're gambling, and all these kinds of things. And then there's people who invest only in the stock market who think insurance companies are a big ripoff. Mm-hmm. I, I think one thing that I'm very fortunate, I feel blessed to yeah. have started in the industry working for both. So I saw the strengths of insurance planning. Mm-hmm. I saw the strengths of investment stock market planning. And we we came to the conclusion that there is no such thing as a bad product, only a bad fit. Mm-hmm. There is a place for both. And most importantly, the only way to get objective advice is to talk to a financial planning firm, Likewise Wealth, mm-hmm. who does both insurance and investments. Yes. And one of the biggest problems I have in the industry, gripes I would have is, a lot of people put themselves out there as experts in financial planning. They still tend to have, whether it's by license or by who they work for or whatever the case may be, a bias towards one approach or the other. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very important for us to say, hey, no, there, are, there, there's, there's benefits, limitations to every sort of approach.
1: Yep, and and that's exactly why we do planning the way we do planning too, and the principles that we adhere to because first and foremost it's about the plan it's not about insurance it's not about securities it's about the plan and the others are simply a means to the end to the end. And so we uh, don't
0: lead with products. I mean, that's the point. So in other words, we don't have a preconceived notion. Hey, you know, when someone calls the office here and they want to meet with one of us, we're going to do a certain amount of insurance. We're going to do a certain amount of investment products. We're going to do a certain amount of bank products. No, we don't, we have no preconceived idea or Mm -hmm. notion or thought process of what we're going to recommend until we build the plan first.
1: Exactly. And, And so that's what I'd hope that people who, watch these episodes over time get the understanding that we are not product pushers yeah right because everything has its place yeah i mean we always talk about there's no such thing as a bad product just a bad fit
0: and, and it's so important. And as you know, one of my pet peeves is when someone tries to put me in a corner and make me a salesperson. Or yeah. <laughs> uh, so just because you know we recommend a lot of times annuities in the income bucket, there's a very clear reason for why we do that. There's there's uh, actual data that's financial, that's emotional. There's all these reasons why we might recommend that Yeah. for someone. But just because someone even recommends the possibility of an annuity, there's the people out there that just think all they care about is insurance. All they care about is annuities. All they care about these things. And the reality is- that is not true
1: exactly and that's that goes back to the mission that we have at wise yep. wealth which is
0: to guide families mm-hmm. on a path that makes work optional and to design a plan that leads to the freedom to give serve and enjoy life yep like never before
1: and so we go back to even at the very beginning you know we spent last season talking about giving serving and enjoying life and all that but even if we dissected it just a little bit farther what you just said a few minutes ago matches with the very beginning to guide families. It's about people, right? right? And this is why we do what we do. It's a calling for us. It's what gets us up every single day. We don't feel like it's a job we're going to. We're going to help people.
0: And it's why we designed our entire process the way we designed it. You Mm -hmm. know, the first time we meet with someone here, we call it the clarity conversation. Yeah. It's not, sell this talk about that it's the clarity conversation that clarity conversation involves a conversation where we get to know the people what their needs desires goals are we have no preconceived idea again of what they're going to need and what we're going to recommend It's going to come down to a mutual understanding of what a client needs and what the purpose is. And from there, we have a possibilities meeting. So even after the clarity conversation is the possibilities meeting. Again, it's not a push meeting. It's not a product meeting. It's here's the different ways Mm -hmm. that you can accomplish your goals. Again, going back to the importance of objectivity when choosing a financial planner.
1: Yep. And so today, what we're doing is we're going to take a dive. Uh, We're we're really transitioning at this point Mm -hmm. too so we've talked about the seven areas that a plan should include there's the overarching Mm -hmm. area that that's the focus which is the freedom to give serve and enjoy life the freedom Mm -hmm. aspect of the the plan and then we talked about the income portion of the plan Mm -hmm. which is just liquidity planning income and growth so liquid income and growth and so we've had all those episodes already Mm -hmm. this season but now we're going to transition to the next three parts, which is really making an impact. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're, we're taking and We're saying, okay, now that your income is set Mm -hmm. now that your emergencies are covered and you have some freedom to give, serve, and enjoy life, how do you now take what you have and maximize that to make an impact? Because just like we care about people, Mm -hmm. everyone we meet with cares about others too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, And it's so important to have that mindset uh, to say, hey, Donald, do I need to make sure that I'm set financially? What about the unknowns? And that's really where you know, we're going to talk about today why we have insurance planning. So, part of the impact plan, there's three areas. One is legacy planning. We'll mm-hmm. get to that in another episode where we you talk about powers of attorney and, and healthcare directives and all those kinds of things. Yep. Then there's also tax planning. Yes. Which is high in everyone's mind. We're going to make sure we do that to maximize you know, what we're able to use and enjoy and give away uh, to our heirs later in the most tax efficient way. And then there's this insurance planning, which is the defense, uh, which is the, you know, protecting what we've, you know, accumulated and all those kinds of things. Um, and it really does lead to freedom leads to peace of mind when you know that I've got a plan offensively, let's call it, but now also if these unknowns happen to me, here's our plan for that. And so we want to make sure. So the other thing too, is there, there's a lot of financial advisors that may say, yeah, we're going to put together a plan and they may not call it what we call it, uh, a liquid income and growth. But a lot of traditional financial advisors, that's what they'll do, too. Mm -hmm. We have uh, obviously trademarked an approach called the three-bucket approach. We have episodes on that. The entire first half of this season really was about the liquidity, income, and growth plans, which is the three-bucket approach. Um, But what really sets us apart when we say to someone, you don't have a plan just because uh, you have a portfolio. You don't have a plan just because you have products. You have a plan if it's written down and it covers all these areas. And so to really have freedom, it doesn't mean you just have a, an investment approach that covers liquidity, income, and growth. You also have a tax plan, a legacy plan, and an insurance plan, which is what we're going to talk about today.
1: In the book and in the classes, we've always talked about the risks that people face in yeah. retirement. And insurance, at its core, is risk management. Yep. That's really what it is. Yep. And so there comes a point where we're doing that. When Last episode, when we talked about the growth bucket— we talked about mitigating risk, and one of the ways to kind of limit that risk in in a product, mm-hmm. per se, the, the stock market, right? Products that are inherently risky mm-hmm. is diversification, low correlation, things like that. So we build risk mitigation into even something that is inherently risky.
0: Not only just the model portfolios, but the entire approach. A liquid income and growth bucket approach going in order, filling these buckets in order is an insurance type of approach. It's a taking on the least amount of risk, guaranteeing as much as possible the results. It's all being protective. It's all being conservative. I think most people would say, hey, you that's a conservative firm. And I would say we are, even though we still take on, we're willing to take on risk for our clients in retirement if they do it the right way in the growth bucket. And so all insurance to me is it's transferring the risk. To an insurance company, there are certain uh, risks that we all have in our life that you can either self-insure, technically you can self-insure against every risk out there. Mm -hmm. Auto, you know know what I mean? I know there's limits now in in most states. You have to have certain types of insurance, but technically homeowners insurance, you don't have to have it unless you have a mortgage and they require you to have it you could self-insure launcher all these kinds of risks so the the whole point of insurance and an insurance company is to say instead of me taking on this massive financial risk i'm going to transfer that risk to an insurance company who's going to pay for it if this happens so it's really about risk transferring but it's also dealing with unknowns and to me this is one of the issues with insurance that i think people struggle with it's paying for something that you don't know was going to happen. Mm-hmm. If you knew for sure it was going to happen, that would be an easy transaction yeah. because you typically are never going to pay into an insurance company what your pot, the possibility of what you might get back from them. And that's why there's this whole thing of law of large numbers and those kinds of things. So if we knew we were going to benefit, you know, technically from the insurance claim, uh, it would be an easy trade. But the whole point is unknown.
1: Yeah, exactly. And to your point, that is. When we deal with insurance and underwriting, that is one of the biggest risks. And it's a known fact that the people who are most likely to use the insurance are the most likely to want the insurance, right? Because then, like you said, it's an easy trade off. I know I'm going to use it, so I'm going to buy this. Well, that's a risk that the company has to manage against.
0: Well, and that's why, you know, when we get to retirement income planning, there are certain types of insurance that sometimes become more expensive because the risks are high. Mm -hmm. You know, there could be life insurance, it could be long-term care insurance, those kinds of things. So then people start to get, um, you know, I don't don't know, you know, critical or they get concerned about what the insurance companies are trying to do and these kinds of things. But we live our whole life with insurance. So, for example, yeah, we we, we all have to buy health insurance. Health insurance is not cheap. But if you have health insurance and there's a major medical issue, the insurance company is supposed to pay for that, and so it covers you from this massive financial problem too. And that's all you know. Insurance is it's it's paying some money to protect your entire livelihood from another potential bankruptcy or whatever the case may be that can happen to you financially. Um, you know, I, I look at the analogy sometimes of even you know homeowners insurance. Uh, you know, most of us don't think about it. We, we just know it's an expense that we have. We pay for it. We don't think about it because we, you know, you pay a little bit just in case the house burns down or, you know, there's a tornado and it wipes out the entire house or something like that. So it covers, you pay a little, even though it might be a lot, you pay a little for this massive potential uh, protection of a major loss. That's all that insurance is, but it sometimes we get into retirement years and we're talking about long-term care. We're talking about Medicare. We're talking about life insurance. Now, all of a sudden, people are worried about, well, that's a lot of money you know, for this potential unknown. Well, we do it our whole life with car insurance, homeowner's insurance, those kinds of things. The other thing, too, I think is when people get to retirement is they, they start getting really concerned about, you know, am I going to get this money back from the insurance company? <laughs> and, uh, and and that's good. I, I understand that concern. You know what I mean? But that's not why we buy insurance. I, I'm not paying for homeowner's insurance every year and hoping one of these days I'm going to get that money back from them. Because the only way I get the money back from the insurance company and my homeowner's policy, if there's a problem, okay, if my house burns down or a, tornado, or a tornado wipes this thing out, I'm going to get all my money back from the insurance company and even more. And I'm going to beat that insurance company. Okay, that's not what I'm thinking every year. I hope I don't get the money back from them because if I do, that means there's a big problem. And so the way to think of insurance is, yes, it's kind of like a necessary, I mean, I may call it a necessary evil, but it's a necessary thing to pay a little bit to protect myself from a lot. And I hope I don't ever have to make the claim.
1: It's funny because I think there's a lot of people that have insurance. And, and as they get older and they look yeah. at retirement planning, they say, well, I'm not sure if I want this expense anymore. Yeah. But the funny thing yeah. is they've been paying it their whole life. Mm. They just don't always realize it because health insurance, mm-hmm. life insurance through work, maybe we have long-term care yeah. or disability insurance through work. That all comes out before you ever see your paycheck. Yeah. Most people yeah. with their homeowner's insurance, it's included with in their, their mortgage payment. Yep. They don't think about the fact that they're paying for insurance. Now, when you have to do a budget and you're living on Social Security, maybe a pension and your assets, all of a sudden you're looking and saying, wow. I have to pay for insurance. It
0: became very visible all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah it became very real. And it's a number that, well, that, that's a, I would rather uh, go out to eat. I'd rather yeah. go on a trip. You know what I mean? And I understand that you should be able to do those things. And that should be a priority in your budget. We talk When we talk about budgets, we talk about living expenses and mm-hmm. lifestyle expenses. Yeah, you don't want to spend every dime of your retirement income. Paying all the bills and paying for insurance. Yes. And hoping nothing bad. You know, you want to be able to do that in the living expense, but also have money to go out and travel and do all the things you want to be able to do too in the lifestyle. So, yeah.
1: And I I know in the future, we'll probably have some fun conversations around different types of insurance. Right. And so we can talk today, high level, about the different types of insurance we'd look at in insurance planning, but there are ways to do it. And so when you buy insurance, you want to make sure you're covering what you need to, but there are in a sense, I always call them levers, levers yeah. you can pull yep. that adjust your premium. So just to buy insurance, it's a good thing to have, yep. but it doesn't mean you have to pay the most expensive premium either. Yeah. You can still be a smart consumer.
0: Yep. And, and when it comes to, you know, retirement, I, I tend to look at when we're talking about retirement income planning, which mm-hmm. is kind of our, you know, our main focus here, you know, we're talking about really three types of insurance for the most part in retirement. Uh, We're talking about Medicare Mm -hmm. or health insurance. Uh, We're talking about long-term care insurance, and we're also talking about life insurance. And and I agree with you. I I think we could probably have an entire season on insurance because a lot of times it's misunderstood, Mm -hmm. and people just sometimes just – you can't even say the word. They're like, no, I mean, I don't want to think about insurance but because we don't want to think about the unknown. We also don't want to think about. Normally, that means something bad happened, mm-hmm. I don't have to try to fight the insurance company to get it back. But I want to talk about, talk about long-term care insurance for a minute, and uh, and maybe give you a few minutes to talk about Medicare, which is <laughs> your favorite topic that you help people with. But so, long-term care insurance is obviously covering someone if they have an assisted living, a long-term care type of stay, nursing home. They need, you know, they have a chronic illness. They need a, they need uh, a care in a facility or in the home. Normally, it means someone cannot perform two out of the six activities of daily living Mm -hmm. or they have a dementia, Alzheimer's, you know, a diagnosis. The reason why it's, we we talk about it all the time Mm -hmm. is because as financial planners, Mm -hmm. our job is to look in the future of someone's retirement and say, you have this great plan. You have a liquid plan. You have an income plan. You've got a growth plan. Now the only thing that could wipe this out is a long-term care stay. So it would be wrong for us to say, you've got all these great things. Don't worry about long-term care. If it happens, it happens. No, we look at it and say, now that you've got this plan in place, which is why income is first and impact, we say, now what could wipe out all the things we just planned to do? Mm-hmm. And it's an unknown. We don't know if it's going to happen. We have to look at it and say, this is a potential risk. And I tell everybody that your largest financial risk in retirement mm-hmm. is long-term care. Mm-hmm. That's the largest financial risk. In retirement, because it could some people could live in that sort of facility or need that kind of care for a lot of years. We know the average is about three years, but that means some people are in there for 10, 12 years. Some people are in there for six months. And the reason why it's a financial risk is because Medicare doesn't cover it. Oh, so I think some people go into retirement thinking, well, I've got Medicare. Well, Medicare is going to cover all of your, your doctor's bills, hospitalization, those kinds of things. But when you get past 90 days, typically, or you get into a situation where it's activities of daily living, you can't perform. Medicare is going to look at this and say, wait, this is not health care related anymore. This is long term care related and Medicare is not going to pay. And so when Medicare deci- it says they're not paying for that because it's not health related, it's, it's long term care related. The consumer pays, mm-hmm. the client pays and it's very expensive. Yes, it so is. So there's two ways to pay for that. One thing is you could just pay for it out of pocket, pay for it out of your income or. You could transfer that risk to an insurance company. And you could say, I'm going to pay a little bit, even though it may not be a little bit, it might be a lot, but to protect myself from a massive financial risk. Um, and it's just, there's just a the peace of mind about saying, I'm going to transfer that risk to an insurance company but a lot of times we find people have the mindset when it comes to long term care is, well, I don't want to waste the premium. I want if I pay this money all these years and I never get it back. And that's where I go back to the analogy of homeowner's insurance. You know, we don't hope you don't get it back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That means you had a long term care state. Hopefully you were healthy all the way until the day you die and you paid a little bit for, to protect the assets for the kids and families. And so I want to talk a little about long term care. And I know we will probably we've I think we've had episodes. Yes, actually in the past yep. uh, where we have talked specifically about long term care. People can go back and look at that.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, it's it's interesting, just the topic of insurance in general, but from a planning standpoint, we have to address it, right? Because there's the unknowns. I mean, I think about as a kid, we would have fire escape plans for our home. We would have fire drills at school. We would learn to stop, drop and roll. I mean, Would none of us hope we caught on fire. None of us hope we got trapped in a fire or anything, but we have to be prepared. We can't just bury our head in the sand and hope it doesn't happen. And so from a planning standpoint, if you you could put together the best income plan, but if something is unaddressed, it can come in and absolutely destroy the plan like long-term care expenses. What good is the plan if that happens?
0: And it's important, like you said, you, you look at the budget. I know we've had conversations like this in the past where we look at it and say, uh, there's a couple of different ways to, to, to get the coverage that you need. You know, for let's say, you know, let's talk about this long term care just for a minute. Uh, one way to do that is to figure out how much in your budget can you afford or allocate towards that and get the most insurance we can get for that number. And the other way to look at it is, here's the number we want to protect ourselves. So I want to make sure it pays 5000 a month, 6000 a month if I have a need, and what is that number, and we stick that in the budget. So, again, it, it's not like you have to get the you know, the best possible version, get as much as you can, protect as much as you can. There's different ways to look at it, I guess, and price it out.
1: Yeah, there there are. And and insurance is very customizable yeah. at its core. I mean, it's very customizable with riders and different features, and and that's partly why it's confusing, too. People look at it and the more they have to look at it and try to understand it, the more this bad feeling gets real to them. Yeah. And it's like they just want to avoid it. Yeah. So that's why we do this. Yep.
0: And I know we can't spend. We, I don't know if we can talk about Medicare or, mm-hmm. you know, for a few episodes. But what would you say just in general, someone needs to be aware of when it comes to Medicare in planning for retirement?
1: Yeah, I would say just like with all insurance. So it is understanding it and really taking time to work with someone. Who understands the insurance world? Yeah. Because I'm sorry, but your neighbor probably doesn't. The person you're having coffee with probably doesn't. They're they're basing everything on their experience and what they bought. And if you go into insurance with a consumer mindset, mm-hmm. that's the wrong way to approach it with planning. Yeah. Right? So if I if I if I look at it and go, I need insurance, but I I don't want to pay anything for it. And, so, and then you see an advertisement that says, you don't have to pay anything for this. Well, then I get this idea, and I talk to someone who said, well, I'm not paying anything for my insurance. And so now I've based all of my advice on this fact that I don't want to pay a premium. But what we don't understand is we haven't taken time to understand the potential cost sharing that I have. What happens if I end up in a hospital? Are there any limitations to my care? Are there people who make decisions for care outside of this? And I would say that the biggest problem people make is they don't understand enough before they simply buy a product. And
0: obviously, it's so important. Yeah, Medicare age sixty-five, and so this is where uh, some people, you know, get tricked in the plans, or the case me, or buy something they don't understand, which is why the conversations, the fiduciary approach, Mm -hmm. uh, the golden rule approach, is what what someone needs when they're making. Any of these decisions, especially Medicare yeah. and health-related decisions, understanding, you know, what your prescriptions and, and there's a lot, obviously, that goes into that. And, and that takes a whole entire, you know, consultation and meeting process yeah. and those kinds well, of and things. Well,
1: that's why we even start here, yep. you know, probably at least once a quarter, we're doing a class for our clients mm-hmm. on Medicare, for anyone new yep. going on Medicare. Yep. And we start two hours. Yep. From start to finish, it's fast-paced, yep. two hours, yep. and we're just scratching the yep. surface. Yep. Absolutely.
0: And one of the thing I want to make sure we at least cover today. So we just, yeah. I mean,
1: I know we're, I think we're going to have an entire season
0: on in insurance yes. and all these things. So we're going to stay tuned and keep watching, but life insurance. So the big three to me, once someone gets to, let's say, the preservation distribution phase, you're, in, you're going into retirement, the three types of insurance policies you're probably going to at least have to make a decision on. Uh, And you may have to have one, obviously, is Medicare. You got to have health insurance. The other one is long term care. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do about that? You're going to self-insure. You're going to just you're going to buy an insurance policy. The other one is life insurance Mm -hmm. and life insurance. There's really two ways to look at life insurance. One is what are the living benefits? The other one, what are the death benefits? Mm -hmm. Most of us tend to think of life insurance as the death benefit. And it's a massive value. One hundred percent income tax free to your heirs. All things being equal, your kids would rather inherit your a life insurance policy than your 401K. Mm-hmm. Most kids would rather inherit your a life insurance policy than you know other types of investments because they can inherit those funds um, quickly. They can inherit those funds tax-free. So we know about the death benefit. But then living benefits is like long-term care. Um, you can buy a life insurance policy that pays out if you go to long-term care. Mm-hmm. So I like life insurance for long-term care simply because there is no such thing as a wasted premium. It eliminates that. If you buy a life insurance policy you make premiums, the money's coming back to your household one way or another. If mm-hmm. you have one with a long-term care rider or that's a long-term care type of policy, uh, then you have it for both. If you ever go to long-term care, it pays for that. If you don't go to long-term care and you die, it pays for that. Mm-hmm. So just, we just want to just throw that out there as an intro, just a nice idea for people to think. Uh, there are different ways to cover long-term care insurance than just buying traditional long-term care insurance. Yeah. And when it comes to life insurance, do you, oh, you want to say something on that well, before I, I get on say, that? Yeah.
1: Life insurance, what's funny about life insurance is it's probably the one yeah. product that we address in all yeah. seven areas of planning. Yeah. Right? So we have to address with liquidity What happens if you pass away? The unknown expenses and the expenses that have to be covered immediately. When we talk about income, do we build the premium for it into the income bucket? Out of the growth bucket is where typically life insurance conversation is happening. And it's done from a tax standpoint, from an insurance planning standpoint, from a legacy standpoint. And a lot of times it's used as a way to give. Absolutely. I mean, there are a, a lot of different ways topic. to do
0: it and it's a tax topic I mean, yeah. transferring assets tax free. Uh, so it's just it, it's a valuable tool. I always tell everybody when it comes to like a permanent type of policy, you can't. You're never gonna put more money in that policy than you're gonna get back. More than likely, you can't beat the returns on a life insurance policy most of the time. Yeah. It's just that a lot of times you're not the one who benefits from it. Somebody yeah. else does, your kids, your family, or the case may be. So when it comes to life insurance, you know, the conversations we have with like that are gonna be around is there a certain amount you wanna leave behind to your spouse and kids. You can either leave the assets. Or you can leave life insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could take some of the assets and buy the policy and then spend down the rest of the money to zero because they're going to get the life insurance instead. So there's some efficiencies. Obviously, there's underwriting, there's health concerns and that kind of stuff. But it's transferring the risk of saying, OK, I would like to leave. You know, I, I have four kids. If I said I want to leave all four of my kids half a million dollars each, mm-hmm. I could try to manage my portfolio and leave behind two million dollars. Mm-hmm. That's one way to do it. Yep. Or I could buy a $2 million life insurance policy that cost me X amount per year and just manage to that. Mm -hmm. Both of them will accomplish it. Which one leads the more peace of mind, which is more secure, which is more tax? There's a lot of things to look at. And so what we want people to know today is insurance is a good thing. Mm -hmm. It's transferring the risk of an unknown, and it's really talking about an unknown, massive potential financial expense. Or it could be doing something good, like you said buying a life insurance policy that I'm going to leave behind to a charity or leave behind to, you know, my estate or whatever the case may be. Uh, there's just a lot of advantages to it. I, I One thing I heard recently, mm-hmm. I was talking to someone recently, and he said to me, he said, you know, insurance companies are like, you know, casinos and they're like the house, and the house always wins. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how much money you give them. They're going to win. And my response to him was, you want them to win. Mm-hmm. Okay, think about this for a minute. If, if you're buying insurance, do you really want your insurance company that you've investing on yours to be losing? <laughs> no, you want to make sure that they're investing their money properly so that if your event happens, they have the resources to cover it. Mm-hmm. This mindset that people have that, hey, I'm gonna I want to beat the insurance company. We don't do this in anything else. It's Mm -hmm. like, if I give this insurance company money, they're greedy. They're not going to lose it. Uh, They're going to make sure they beat me and all these kinds of things. That's not really the right approach. Mm -mm. The reason we buy insurance is not to try to see if we can, you know, screw them out of their money or to make sure they're losing money. That's not the goal. The goal is if I have a catastrophic event, if I end up in a long-term care facility and it costs me $8,000 a month, I'm there for three years if I have a premature death and I need my my spouse needs income, that's why you buy it. You buy it for you. Mm-hmm. You buy it for your peace of mind. You buy it for your freedom, your safety, not to see if you can beat them. No, guess what? They're not going to lose and we don't want them to.
1: Yeah, and it's funny because even in that conversation, in that concept mm-hmm. of the insurance company is out to get me, yeah. people ignore the fact that Every insurance policy is a legal contract. So they can't just change the rules to get at you. And they cannot, they're not allowed to single people out. That's against the law. I mean, so that idea. Once you've got it, you've got it. Yeah. That's
0: why it's important to get it. Once you get it, you're protected by everything in those contracts.
1: Mm -hmm. And so, especially if you're going through underwriting so Mm -hmm. an underwritten product, Right. Uh, If you're underwritten for life insurance and Mm -hmm. you get life insurance at a preferred rate Mm -hmm. and a year later, a month later, you have some catastrophic health event, some unknown diagnosis, Mm -hmm. you're still protected at that preferred rate. Exactly. Because it's a contract.
0: That's right. And and again, with everything else. So one of the one of the risks of talking about insurance like this. If someone might hear us and say, okay, good, now I'm going to go buy insurance. <laughs> I'm going to go buy long-term care insurance. I'm going to go buy life insurance, permanent policy. I'm going to go buy. It. Here's the thing. Even though we say, yeah, this is important, it's still important in the context of a plan. No investment decisions outside the context of the plan determined the products. Have a conversation with someone who's objective. We talked about the start of this episode, talking about objectivity. Talk to someone who does both, not just insurance only. Especially not someone who's, you know, investment only because, you know, you'll get... So someone who's objective, someone who is a fiduciary, because the obligation of a fiduciary is to find something that matches you and is in your best interest. Extremely important.
1: Yeah. And so even when you talk about the three primary insurances, I would say there's a fourth silent insurance that we've talked a lot about that most people don't realize is insurance. And that is used to transfer the risk, a couple risks, a risk of outliving your assets and a risk of stock market volatility and transferring that risk to an insurance company yep. in the form of a contract called an annuity.
0: An annuity. That's right. An annuity is an insurance product.
1: You can't buy it anywhere else except from yep. an insurance company.
0: Yeah. You know, some people call it longevity insurance. Some people call it insurance for your income, income insurance, you know, longevity insurance. It just says, regardless of how the stock market performs, regardless of how long I live, those are two unknowns. What's the sequence of the returns going to be? What's the stock market going to perform? How long am I going to live? Let's take those three unknowns, transfer it to a company that is designed and created to handle risk and say, we're gonna transfer it to them. They're gonna take the risk off the table. They're gonna give me an income stream that I cannot live, regardless of how the stock market performs, regardless of the order the returns comes in, Mm -hmm.
1: right? Yeah, and so, but that's why we do everything and the principles again, going back to the principle is the plan determines the product. No investment decision made outside the context of the plan. So don't just go buy an annuity, don't just go buy an insurance product, but do it all in the context of the plan. And that's why we say insurance, is one of the six, one of the seven areas that has to be addressed. Yep. Because there are unknowns in the future. And if you can manage it. Yep. And this all comes down to the reason behind it is Mm -hmm. not just to live in fear. It's so you have the freedom to not live in fear. That's the goal. Right? That's right. Freedom to not live in fear of these unknowns. And it allows you to maximize your money. Yep which then allows you to make an impact that's bigger than just you.
0: Absolutely. If you have a Medicare plan in retirement that you know what the what the monthly expense is every month, you know what it covers, you know you're protected your assets from a big risk, you have a long-term care policy, whether it's through life insurance or long-term care. If we end up in a long-term care facility, this is what's going to happen. You have a life insurance policy to leave behind your spouse or kids. Think about it. Mm -hmm. You you just eliminate a lot of these unknowns That a lot of people have to sit there Their entire retirement years And focus on these assets What are we going to do if this happens What are we going to do if that happens The people that are doing that Are the people that don't have the insurance Mm
1: -hmm.
0: That's what it does If I did not have homeowner's insurance Let me come back to this And if I did not have it I'd sit at home every night Watching the stove Watching the candles Making sure the house doesn't burn down I'd have to make sure it doesn't happen Mm -hmm. I'd be scared to death anytime the wind blows Okay, I don't have to worry about that because I have homeowner's insurance. Yep. The same with these other risks. It's important to have them. It eliminates the fear. It gives you the confidence. It gives you the freedom, which is what it's all about.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: I told you this episode, we, we this is only going to be five minutes long. Yes, what it we is. Gonna How are we going to talk about <laughs> insurance for an entire episode? But here we are.
1: <laughs> yes. And so so we're at the time that we want to wrap up today. And so I know the next couple episodes we're going to look at tax planning, everyone's favorite topic. Yep. And uh, I know that's going to be coming out the, right around the time that people are doing tax and planning we'll our, for the new and year. And we'll have our
0: <coughs> in-house CPA with us on Absolutely. that. Absolutely. On and that, then we're going to be
1: talking that. about legacy planning. Yep. And so we're gonna ha- I believe we're going to have a guest on for that Absolutely. as well. We and so, so these are big topics that we want to talk about because these are things that we will address yep. over time. And for you, if you don't know, you don't have answers, you have questions you're living in fear from the unknown, give us a call. Email us at at info at wisewealth.com or call us at 816-246-WISE. That's 9473-816-246-WISE. Give us a call. We would love to be able to start with this clarity conversation, get clarity around what your concerns are. We'll show you some possibilities of how that can be addressed and we can put together a plan for you that covers all seven areas. Simple thing to do. So thank you Stephen for again taking time out of your busy schedule. We appreciate the information that you shared with us today. Thank you to you those who are watching and listening to this podcast. The, you're the reason we do this. We wouldn't be here without you. So this is for you. If you found this information helpful, share this. Share this with your family and friends. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't, because when you click on that subscribe button, that will notify you the next time an episode is published. And it just makes it a whole lot easier to be able to find this useful information. And uh, we appreciate the time that you take to watch and listen this. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Uh, leave a comment. Uh, we do occasionally do episodes where we just answer people's questions. So if you have a comment or a question, post it there in the comments. We'd love to be able to hear from you as well. So again, thank you, Stephen. Thank you, our listening audience. This is Paul Brock from Wise Wealth reminding you that financial peace comes from having a plan. And we'll see you next time.